I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me today is Fidelma McGurk, who is the CEO and founder of Payslip. Payslip is working to disrupt the traditional service model for global payroll. Does it need disrupting? What's the issue, Fidelma? Yes, so our technology is used by multinational employers to standardize and manage all of their global payroll around the world across all of the different countries. So the disruption question relates to uh, really how times have changed. So up until several years ago, if you are a multinational company growing very quickly or across different countries, they went out to seek to find an accounting firm in each country to look after their local country compliance needs. And it was a tricky thing to find them. The internet wasn't as pervasive as it is now. Companies didn't have their information as well structured. And so really the common model for large companies was that they would outsource all of their payroll to a large global aggregator like ADP, who brought together all the service providers and they delivered a managed service. And so really it's a very traditionally defined uh, way of managing global payroll, but essentially it's a, it's a people-fronted service. And what we do in Payslip is different in that we know that there are a large number of companies who are high growth, they have a digital mindset, they seek to have smart technology to run all their mission critical processes to enable their employees in global payroll manage the processes in a smart way. So they're not seeking a service solution. They already have providers in place. It's not a big deal. It's just like their accountants and their and their law firms. So in essence, they want to have smart tech that sits between their HR software and their accounting software that enables all their global payroll people to work in a smart way and to scale into new countries very quickly. What are the pain points in particular? Let's let's get into the nitty-gritty. What are the issues that people are facing? Because yeah. You've described a layering process, like there's an accountant, there's a global multinational payroll supplier. There's friction there, surely. The CFO and the finance team, they, first of all, payroll is one of their biggest costs that's under management. So they need to have visibility across the world to see what's happening, what are the growth trends. They need to ensure from a compliance perspective that everything is compliant in each country. They also need from an internal order perspective to be able to say who's doing what, where, when, both with the payroll costs and with the payroll data. So the two key things that are really driving the investments in technology for global payroll management are one, the requirements to have control over all of your costs in the different countries in a comparative standardized way. And two, the fact that Payroll involves the transmission of transfer and process of a lot of sensitive data. So employee sensitive data that falls under GDPR, but also a lot of like cost and money data. So there are kind of two really big pain points in how do you take what is fundamentally different in every country for the payroll rules in that country and make it standardized and visible across the world in an easy way to manage. And that's what our pace of technology does. And you've also got to be talking to the financial institutions in each country as well, I assume. You mentioned the payroll management operation, but somebody's actually got to pay the money as well. Indeed, yeah. So normally a multinational company will have a treasury function and they may or may not have, they may have centralized all their banking into one global bank or they may be using some local banking facilities. 
So with our technology, yes, all the data is already back in our system at the end of the payroll cycle. So it's very easy to have that transformed into the bank upload file that you need for either the local or the central banks. What are the compliance issues that you might face? So the biggest compliance challenge is actually managing what we would call the compliance calendar. What needs to be filed to whom, in what countries and by what deadline? And having visibility of that across all of the countries can be tricky because it's just so variable. It can be quarterly in some countries, monthly, by the 10th of the following month. It just varies fundamentally. So within Payslip, we build all the compliance calendars in for every country. They can be configured in line with changes by the in the local country and by the employer. And then all of the reminders and the alert system around managing those calendars and the stakeholders involved internally or externally is automated. Now, you've recently concluded a Series A funding round, which was extended and, in fact, tripled in size. Yeah, so we closed the fundraise of 8.3 million euros. It was led by two fintech uh, VCs. One is called Middle Game VC and the other one is Moro Capital. What's the plan for the, the funding you've raised? Mostly hiring, uh, Robin, we've already, we had seven new starters on Monday and two more yeses yesterday. So we're going to get very much busier, faster. In essence, we have found post-COVID that all uh, high growth companies have sharpened minds to ensure they have technology to enable their geo-dispersed teams work smartly. So we specifically target mid-market companies. So companies want 3,000 employees across many countries. They're usually 5, 10, 15 countries. It doesn't matter. But actually, we've also received considerable interest from enterprise and super enterprise-sized companies since last September. And several of those are going live this year. One has 44,000 people across 38 countries. Another one has 170,000 across 28 countries. So really just the scale of implementation requires additional support from the engineering side of things, some additional features for the enterprise complexities that they, those companies would have, and then also additional uh, product managers and account managers to support the customer implementations. Obviously, the pandemic has been helpful to you in the sense that it has concentrated minds amongst potential clients, but have you faced any issues yourself? I, what I would say is since September, it's been very good. But like all companies, from March until September, there was a stall in the market. Like when you're selling into mid-market or enterprise companies, you know, there's a process involved with their legals, with their IT, their infosec, and and that's a normal process. And once COVID hit in March and it hit different countries at different stages, all of those internal departments had to look inward and support their own company transformation to be COVID-ready and COVID-enabled for working. So there was a stall in the market generally for several months when people weren't really buying and they had to work out what to do. And then once they'd worked out where they were at, then there was a natural positive upsurge. So those six months were a bit questionable of what was going to happen. Um, But we held steady. We kept all of our team and we doubled down on the product investment and additional reporting and insights that were useful to some of our customers who are in travel-related sectors and had been hit by COVID in their core business. And then they need, they wanted to use the payslip technology to inform their decisions about investment, divestment, and moving. So we actually doubled down on our, on our product investment and our reporting and analytics. Well, I'm sure you've heard this. A lot of people say to me that what happened in the last year and a half compressed the expected development they were going to see in take-up of technology, take-up of 
digital transformation. Would you say that you've had that acceleration in what you're doing as well in the latter part of the pandemic? I think so. Yeah, I think there are less psychological barriers to adopting technology because it's become a given. How much more complex has the employment situation become or or the management of employment and the management of payroll? How much more complicated has that become because of the way we have globally dispersed away from our offices? Yeah. Because you need to keep, as an organization, you need to keep tabs on your workers and you need to make sure that you're communicating with them correctly. You need to make sure you've got the right address for them to send the payslip to. Yeah. Yeah. So the the answer to that actually relates to your corporate structure plans. So I'm involved in lots of payroll leader uh, WhatsApp groups, different networks. And it's really interesting. The question has really developed over the last nine months. So initially in this mid-summer 2020, there were lots of questions being raised into payroll managers. Can Could people get paid in Spain because they relocated home away from London or to Poland or to Germany? And payroll is easy to be administered in another country in one way. The rules are there. And if it's a very short-term period, then it might be fine. But the key question is actually the employment liability and the employment structure. So if you're a UK firm and you have for example, a Spanish colleague in the team, and he or she relocates back to Madrid, then actually their employment location has changed and they fall under Spanish jurisdiction. So the UK company in that decision has to, in that case, has to decide, do we want to support that? If they do, they actually need to sort out the employment contract and then the payroll evolves from that. And there are very straightforward ways to do that if you're within the EU or and within the UK agreements with the EU. If it's outside of the EU and you're an EU company, it becomes a bit trickier. So you see a a big surge in the market for employer of record services where companies have allowed, for example, a great web developer to go back and work from Israel, um, but they have no need for a corporate structure. So they, they leverage an employer record service. In the majority of cases, what we see really happening now is employers are choosing to try and double down on the key locations where they already had planned corporate structures and then only to facilitate isolated people to work in other jurisdictions where they can support it without a huge overhead in administration. Fidelma McGurk of Payslip, thank you very much indeed.